When you add a machine to an existing network, it needs to be configured to understand how to talk to other machines in this network. By talk, I really mean here TCP IP protocol talk. If you want to send a frame, go ahead and do it. You know, send a broadcast, learn the MAC addresses and just talk in frames, low level frame communication. But most of our applications are built on TCP IP, right? Telnet, you know, web server, HTTP, gRPC, all of this stuff is built on TCP IP. So we, if you need to go layer three, layer four to play in that, you got to be configured. What do you need to be configured with? Well, you have to configure an IP address. You need to present yourself at that layer. Like, what is your IP address? for that network it's really hard to answer that question right well you can statically configure it as an admin you know that this network is uh, 10 slash 24 you know that's that means i can pick an any address from 10 until 10 that's not entirely true because some ips are reserved for broadcast so yeah, you can statically configure the ip what else do you need well you need a subnet mask right the mask is required for the machine to know what is the network that I'm in currently. Why do I need to know what's the network? You need to know the network because sending an IP packet to a machine within the network is different than sending an IP packet to a machine outside the network. Right? And by that, I mean either it's a different subnet altogether or the internet, right? The former, if you send something within the network, all you need to do is just set the destination IP address as that machine. And the MAC address becomes that machine's MAC. And you can get that via ARP address resolution protocol but if the ip address is outside your subnet then you have to you know throw your hands up in the air and says you know what i have no idea how to communicate with this network hey gateway help me so you would still make the destination ip that machine but the mac address becomes the gateways mac address which is basically your router right? so that brings us to the third configuration which is the gateway itself. What is your gateway? Okay. What is this uh, thing that I send it all my IP packets, right? All my frames, let's say, to be more specific, if the machine is not on my subnet? Well, so you need to configure the default gateway or the router. So that's the third configuration. And that becomes some nice to have uh, of configuration. So these three are kind of required. I mean, you can go out without the default gateway and talk to each other, you know. But the subnet mask and the IP is required. The default gateway, eh, not really required if you don't want to talk to any other network outside of yourself. But the, if you do, then you have to have the default gateway. And then you have the optional one. And that's kind of the main topic of today's uh, video, right? Is the DNS, right? What is my DNS server in case I want to talk to host names, right? I want to resolve domains back to IPs. What 
DNS server should I talk to? Which DNS server should I make this UDP request to? That's the DNS server. So you can fix statically configure that as well. You can put Google's 8888 or Cloudflare's 1111. Hey, you can spin up your own DNS server locally as in, in the same network or a different network and have that statically configured in the machine. Another one, what? Proxies. You can also configure a proxy so that, for example, all HTTP traffic always goes to this proxy. So there is a lot of configuration. So you can aesthetically add all these configurations to your machine, right? But that's tedious, isn't it? Imagine like hooking up your laptop and then like connecting to the Wi-Fi and you have to put all these numbers in. Most users won't do that, right? Static configuration is still important, by the way. We need simplicity. Meet the dynamic host configuration protocol, DHCP. So I want to dynamically configure my network. So in 1993, DHCP was officially released as a proposal, as an RFC, to solve this static configuration problem to make it easier so that just I hook up and automatically uh, have all this stuff configured. So what DHCP does is there will be a DHCP server. And most of the time, this is your router. Your router plays like multiple roles, by the way. And it, one of the roles is the DHCP server. Yeah? And the DHCP server sits in the network and they say, hey, it, it just listens. They say, hey, did anybody want an IP address? It leases IP addresses. And while it leases an IP address to the machine that requests, it says, hey, here's an IP address, right? And here's the gateway. And here's the subnet mask for this network. By the way, here's a DNS, right? Any request for DNS, talk to this guy. Talk to this IP. Yeah? And here's a proxy. But how does exactly this work, this DHCP? So this is what I'm going to show in this video. I'm going to go through Wireshark through the steps here and talk through how DHCP actually works. Welcome to the Backend Engineering Show with your host, Hussein Nasser. This is the show where we discuss the art and the craft of building software and cover recent news on backend technologies. If you enjoy the show, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel and rate it on Spotify and Apple Podcast. With that said, let's get on on the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. All right, guys, so here I have beautiful Wireshark, and I just disconnected 
my Wi-Fi and I reconnected it again. And the reason I did that is because I want my machine to start fresh and send a DHCP request for the IP address. Right? So here's what I get after putting a filter. These are the four steps that we're going to get here. Right? So DHCP consists of four round trip. DHCP discover, that's the client, this is me, says, hey, hey, I want to find this DHCP server. Let me discover it. Right? So this is sent to, if you send about it, this is, DHCP is built on the UDP protocol, right? And because of built on the UDP protocol, it's built on the IP protocol. That means you have to put a destination IP and you have to put a source IP. Guess what? The destination IP, we don't know anything. When I first joined the network, I don't know anything. So what we do is we set the 255.255.255.255, which is a broadcast IP address. And the source, hey, guess what? I don't even know my IP address. So guess what? Zero, 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 zero. So that's the... RFC says, hey, the station has to be this and the source has to be this. So if we go to Wireshark, so this is the frame, layer two, layer two. This is IP protocol, layer three, right? And this is the layer four, which is the user diagram. And this is thanks thanks to Wireshark, actually parses the dynamic host configuration for protocol and actually nicely parses everything for us for ease of read. So the first request is the discover. Let's go through the discover here. In the discover, right, again, I'm sending just this, everybody gets this message. And whoever happened to be a DHCP server will actually reply. The rest should technically also drop it. So if I go to the frame layer, right, let's take a look at this. So if I go to layer two here, and take a look at the destination frame, the MAC address. Look at this, FFFFFFFFFF. So even at layer two, we really need to send it to everybody. Right? And this is my MAC address, right, for this laptop, the, my, my machine MAC address, so that we get back the frame in case the server replies, right? So we need this, we need this to be correct. And in the IP layer, we notice that the destination is everybody. Hey, broadcast. The source is, I don't have an IP address, so 0000. And then let's take a look at the dynamic host configuration protocol. I want to move to the most important one here. First of all, option 53. So what do you notice that the DHCP is a bunch of options? It'll have this option 53, option 12, option 55, right? So option 53 is actually the message type, which is discover. This is me just sending a discovery message. Then going on, the second option, which is 55, parameter request list. Remember when I said that the server actually gives back all this configuration? Well, the client actually has to request this information. And so if you notice, here is the, all the stuff that the client actually requested. Subnet mask. Hey, hey, DHCP or whoever's out there, I need the subnet mask. I need the classless static root. What is that? Is that the slash 24? I guess this is, isn't that the same thing as this? I suppose this is the same as this. Might be wrong. The router, the gateway, right? Who should I send my frames to in case I'm, I don't, I'm, I want to talk to someone outside my network? I need the domain name server, if you have one, uh, so that all my DNS queries goes to that server you might say why don't we just hard code the domain name server there are only few well-known resolvers right let's just use those the problem is 
you can definitely use 8888 or 1111, right? As your domain. But the moment you do that, you will no longer be able to talk to local machines using their host names, right? I'm going to talk about that at the end of the video a little bit here. Where if I have a machine is host name Hussein Mac 2, as we're going to say, and I have another machine called Hussein Mac, and then another, I have Hussein Ubuntu here, which is another server, right? I will not be able to ping the host names. Why? Because guess what? The host names, uh, the host names need to be resolved just like another DNS. And that DNS server is usually a local one. And guess what? It's mostly almost always the router as well. So there is like a mini DNS server, the router host, and the router also hosts your DHCP server. And sometimes the router becomes also the proxy if there is a proxy configured. Yeah? So you can see that the router can become the bottleneck if it does all these jobs, right? So yeah, give me the domain name server so I can uh, talk to my local peers. And we're going to sort of talk about a little bit at the end of the video. Domain name, what is the a, a, a postfix on my domain name? So if I join the network as Hussein Mac 2 what is the dot after that, right? Because guess what? Every you new join a domain name server, you got to have a zone. And that zone going to have a, a postfix, which is the usually is dot local or... In my case, dot home dot local. We're gonna see that. Right? I'm gonna skip that reserved unsigned DHCP. I'm gonna skip the all, all of stuff. Hey, I'm gonna. I request a private proxy auto discover. If there is a proxy, tell it to me. I love that the to do. <laughs> to do out of C three sixty fm LDAP. Hey, if there is an LDAP given to me, if there is NetBIOS over TCP IP, this is an old stuff. I personally didn't use it. It's like before my time. All of this stuff before my time anyway. But yeah, I don't have much knowledge about this, the legacy aspect of NetBIOS. Right? Maybe someone had that. But the size, I don't care about that. The client identifier, what's the client identifier? Usually the client identifier, it's like, tell me who are you so I can reply back. It's usually the, the, the Mac address, which is, this is my Mac address in this case. right? And hey, I want an IP address for a specific lease time. iPads are usually not reserved forever, they are leased. And here the clients being greedy, they want <laughs> they want the IP address for 90 days, right? And here's one of the most important options that I spent uh, around a few days looking for this, right? Host name, Hussein Mac 2. So, as a client, I am telling the DHCP server my host name. And this becomes very interesting for DNS later. This is the option that allows the DNS to know that Hussein Mac 2 is actually this IP address. So that anybody in the same network that happens to ping Hussein Mac 2 or want to query the DNS for Hussein Mac 2 they will use the same DNS server, which we requested right here, to actually ask that question. And that DNS will know because, guess what? In the DHCP, they told us, the client told us its host name. And usually it's going to be Hussein Mac 2 by default, but it will be appended by the domain name, which is Hussein Mac 2.local or .home.local or whatever you set your DNS server to be. Right? So that's 
all the options. And then, of course, uh, as I discussed in my backend engineering course, you need to really, because this is a message, you need to really specify where the message ends, right? As some sort of a termination. And this is basically where the message ends, right? And budget padding. So that was the first message. Guess what? Now we get a second message from 192168 to 254 to 254, which is guess, guess who is this? This is my router. My router is, is lives right there. The source is my router and the message is called DHCP offer. So my router is now offering an IP address to, to my machine. And the destination is actually, it sets the destination as this IP address. 192.168.255.144. Guess what? My machine doesn't really know that this is its IP address yet. So we just set it anyway. It's bogus at this point. Okay. Why? Because this DHCP offer is just an offer. Because we need to commit to this offer. So now, this is the IP packets. Let's go to the offer message. How does the offer look like? So it's a reply. And look at this, the client IP address, 00, your client IP address is 192.168.254.144. So the server actually tells, hey, by the way, here's a good choice. Why don't you pick this guy? And this is the offer uh, for the client MAC address. The most important thing here is that we reply at the frame level by the destination MAC address, which is my machine. Because that, at the Mac level, my machine will see that frame and it will go up in the layer and will discover that it's a DHCP offer message. And based on that, the DHCP client that is installed in my machine will discover that, oh, someone just made me an offer. Mm, yummy. And basically, this is my uh, uh, Mac address of, the, of my router. So we're making an offer. Guess what? The DHCP server identify itself. It has to, right? Hey, by the way, I just replied to you, right? How does the my machine receive it? Because it's it's destined for the frame at the la layer two level, it's destined to it, right? Hey, uh, client, this is this is your boss, DHCP server. This is my my server, right? And here's a reply back. It's like, what if there are multiple DHCP server? Uh, I have no idea what will happen. To be honest. I'm pretty sure whoever authored the RFC designed it for all this conflict and rogue DHCP servers. But you, you can see what can happen, right? Two DHCP servers can have absolutely reply, right? They don't know about each other, right? So <laughs> this made me laugh when I first read it. So like, hey, IP address least time. <laughs> you remember what the client requested? Requested 90 days. You get four hours. <laughs> you only get four hours. All right, and the rest of the stuff is interesting. Oh, yeah, of course, it's very interesting. The rest of stuff. Let's let's take a look at the rest of the stuff. And here's the subnet mask. Your subnet mask is two five five to two five five to two five five dot zero, which is which is slash twenty four. That's what matters, right? Here's your router, which is the gateway. Of course, the DHCP server can absolutely be different than the router or the gateway, right? And in this case, the DHCP server is 254.254. The DNS is also 254.254. I absolutely can configure all of this to be different machines. Right? If I'm not lazy. Right? 
I am, I'll be spinning up my server and make this DNS and DHCP maybe, right? And when I did that, uh, we also got back the d domain name. Your home name is home.local. So I can literally use ping Hussein Mac 2 which is my last name, .home.local. This becomes like my local domain. Yeah? And this is a bunch of information. I have no idea what it is. Gateway manufacturer IDs and stuff like that, right? So it tells you all of that stuff. So this is what matters. The DNS, the router, the subnet mask. All right. So now we got the message. What does the client does? Do we're not finished with the handshake yet. DHCP, the client, the source, still doesn't trust. It says, hey, you know what? You're full of BS, DHCP. I don't trust you yet. So what I'm going to do, my source is still 000. So here at the client, it didn't trust that this is its IP address yet. Why? Because it needs to check if someone else might have gotten this IP while it received this message, right? Because let's say there's a flood of machines plugged in all at the same time, right? You, technically, you would think that DHCP should be atomic and serialize, right, these information and will never release two IP addresses at the same time. But sometimes it doesn't happen, right? That's basic database 101 kind of a situation right zero 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 is my source the destination is still everybody is still talking to everybody but i want to look at the frame level even at the frame we're sending the frame as a broadcast so still i'm making an offer i'm making a request this is a dhcp request for everybody hey by the way guys i want to request this ip address what ip address you might say this is what i want to I want, this is, uh, I want to request. I want to request. Again, it lists all the parameters. It needs all of this stuff just in case. It's, hey, get, just in case maybe something changed. Here's, I want all of this back. Get, tell me the subnet mask, the class of the route. And here's what I request. I am requested IP address 192.168.255.144. Can you guarantee that I'm going to get it? And here's, by the way, the last DHCP server that guaranteed that that gave me this is actually this guy. Okay? And again, option twelve, one of the most important thing here, in my opinion, is here's again my Mac, my host name. Sorry, this is my host name. Option twelve, my host name is Hussein Mac two. So just in case, if you want to update your DNS entries, that's me. Final thing, the server now replies back as a source to its IP address, 254.144. And what it does is, I almost forgot to talk about the port, source port and the destination port. The, so the source port is always 67 and the destination is 68 and it flips in case of the client and the server because it's a UDP packet, right? The UDP has, must have ports, right? So I didn't talk about that, but hey. Now the server now acknowledges that, hey, you got it. This is now you. Now... As per this message, the acknowledge message that confirms the lease, confirms that this is you, and this confirms every single thing that we discussed. Here's again the domain, domain name server. Here's the domain name. Here's all the information. Now the client can rest assured that this is, in fact, its IP address. Now that the client has an IP address, what the DHCP knows is now it knows that there is a new guy that just joined our network 144 and their host name is what their hussein mac 2 right 
because we got it from the request. Now what the, what the DHCP does, there is a relation between the DHCP server and the DNS server. And this is their relation. It's called RFC in 1997. Up until 1997, as far as I know, we couldn't dynamically talk to each other per host name. Why? Because if a machine just joined the network and you didn't really know how to talk to each other because you have no idea how to resolve host names, right? If machine one joins as Hussein Mac and machine two joins as Hussein Mac two and there is no DNS server that knows this information, then if you ping machine one from machine two, you can't ping it. Why? Because you cannot even find the IP address. Sure, you can ping it using the IP address, but host name resolution will not work. So how does how do we make host name resolution work? Well, it's the job of the DHCP server, if you think about it. The DHCP server here does something called dynamic updates to domain name server. Right? Let's read the abstract of this. The domain name system was originally designed to support queries of statically configured database. That was the purpose. Here's a domain name. Uh, this, this, the name doesn't change. These are the domains. We change them unfrequently, right? But sometimes we really, really need to change it. We need to make an update to it. While the data was expected to change, the frequency of this change was expected to be fairly low. And all updates were made as external edits to a zone master file, right? Say, so, hey, someone just made the, hey, just let's go ahead and update the DNS. You can absolutely do that yeah? if you want to. Using this specification of the update opcode, it is possible to add or delete RR, I think uh, stands for record sets, right? Resource records, I think it was stand for, right? From a specific zone. Prerequisite are specified sp separately for update operation and can specify dependency. So if I look up dhcp here okay? look at this it is expected that in the absence of a secure dns update a server will only accept updates if they come from a source address that has been statically configured in the server description of a primary master zone which is the dns server dhcp servers would likely candidate will be will be would be likely candidate for inclusion oh that's list in the DNS server, you have to configure the IP address of the DHCP server, which it all has to be static. The DNS server has to be static. The DHCP server has to be static because it cannot dynamically configure the DHCP server. That would be a mess, right? So you would add the IP address of the DHCP server in the DNS server. So say, hey, if you receive an update from DHCP server, please accept it, right? So this way, if a DHCP server, which is, again, my router, talks to the DNS server, which is, again, my router, it's a, it's a local change, then go ahead and accept it. But if those are separate, they can actually talk to each other and make them update. So if you ever couldn't resolve a host name, that's probably why. The DHCP server couldn't update its DNS entry. I absolutely, when I first learned about this, you know, I had to dig deep for this information. Surprisingly, it's, the internet is not spilling it out right. Because I guess it's taken for granted. Yeah, maybe because it's just uh, well known, right? But yeah, when 1997 happens, now you can do a dynamic update and do all that stuff, right? And to end this video, there is a final concept that is called zero conf. And there's a whole book about it as well. 
discussing this zero configuration concept because technically while dhcp and dns does this job for us it is still kind of configuration if you think about it because you have to set up this dhcp server you have to do this dns server you might say hey just plug in the router on router does just jump. Ah. what if you don't have a router right and you want machines in an iot environment to talk to each other immediately well that's where something called multi dn multicast dns comes into picture. I made a video about it a while back. In case I want to join a machine and I absolutely want to do zero configuration, I don't even want to do a DHCP thing. Right? I don't have a DHCP server. These machines, if they are linked to each other, connected like, I don't know, via switch, they can still talk. If they support multicast DNS, which is like a mini DNS server in each one of them, they can find each other host name by broadcasting the message. Hey, I just joined the network. Who's the, who's out there? It's like, hey, okay, here's me. And here's, by the way, my IP address. And here's me and here's my IP address. And here's me and here's my IP address. Right? So you can discover without an actual centralized DNS server, if you have MEM DNS configured in these machines, they can, uh, by default, find each other this way. The, the host name, that is. And there's a, a service called Apple Bonjour, right? Which for the long... Uh, yeah, of Apple Bonjour. It's an open source, actually, open source software that actually does that. I, I remember very back. I always thought this was a virus, like in the early 2000s when I first saw this. Like, what is this Bonjour thing? I never installed it in my machine. Kill. It was funny. So Bonjour is basically the MDNS uh, implementation of things, right? And what if I don't have a DHCP server? Like, I don't even know. I don't, okay, I don't have a DNS server. I can find them with MDNS, right? And the port, I think, 5353, if I'm not mistaken, right? Then, yes, port 5353 is the MDNS port, right? But hey, I don't, I don't have an IP address. I don't have a DHCP server. Guess what? You can still communicate. Meet link local. This is the IP addresses. If you don't have a, a network and you still want to communicate with the networking, you can use this thing that if you ever seen 169.254/16, that's called the link local, which is, hey, I don't see anybody. I don't see any DHCP server. I'm not configured. So I'm going to assign myself a pre-assigned IP address. And anything start with 169.254 is, is reserved for this local communication. And the machine within the network, they will assign themselves these and I'm going to make sure they are unique. So you can still talk with these IP addresses if you want. Which So that's another thing. So this is the goal of zero conf, where even if you can connect these machines together, right? And you can talk to each other without with zero configuration. So that's a, that's a very long video to talk about DHCP, DNS, link local, and all that stuff. I hope you enjoy it. I'm going to see you in the next one. Goodbye.